What is up, everybody? It's Wednesday, so you know what time it is. What's up, Big Hank? What's going on, Big Dog? Yes, oh. it's a Wednesday, so we got our midweek sports show ahead of us. How you doing today, good sir? Oh man, man, it's been it's been crazy this week. I'm trying to get get moved. Um, it's just it's it's been insane, man. It, dude, podcasting is hard. <laughs> it really is. Um, sports are harder. Yeah. Yeah. How are you doing, man? Man, it's 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 been a day. <laughs> I got some wisdom tooth action going down that's been pretty kicking my ass pretty hard, but I'm all right. I'm here looking yeah, forward man, so to y'all, the y'all, show. y'all think about that. This man's got a bad wisdom tooth. I'm trying to get moved and and we still doing this thing. Oh, wouldn't wouldn't miss it for the world, man. How's the audio sounding, brother? I think we sound pretty decent. All Hopefully right, it cool, stays cool. pretty decent. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sitting outside this time. So, all right, man. Well, I guess you want to go ahead and jump into some housekeeping real quick. Yeah. Uh, first things first. I really just want to give a huge, huge shout out to uh, Jonathan Jacob over there at Cult of Conspiracy. Um, I know those guys have their daily nine to fives and home lives they have to deal with, and on top of their widely successful uh, podcasts that they've got going on, and they still take time out of their day to. Uh, communicate back and forth with me and give, you know, they listen to the show and they give me feedback about it. And it really goes a long way. And uh, I don't, I don't want that to be overlooked that them on top of everybody else that's reached out has just, it's been a blessing, man, to really be received in the way that we are, because I know that our audio keeps us in a, in a Bush league series for now, but as far as content, man, I think we've really got something to come on here and say, and I think it's awesome that we're not the only ones that feel that way about it. And the the welcome that we've received so far has just been overwhelming. And so a, a big thank you once again to, you know, uh, Cult Conspiracy, Dangerous World, uh, Wicked Planet, all these guys, uh, Great Deception. They're just a, a, a class of people above the rest. Yeah, man. Uh, no, you're you're absolutely right. I, it's funny because um, just a couple weeks ago, I was at work listening to podcasts, thinking about making a podcast and uh, listening to all these people talk. And then uh, now I'm at a point where it's like I'm talking to these people every day, and it's it's kind of surreal. Yeah, you're you ain't lying. Uh, Callie actually asked me at lunch how this all started, and I told her that it started on a joke, really. Uh, how me and you just talk for you know a long time about this stuff back and forth through messenger and stuff and how I just threw it out in the air one day that we need it we need our own podcast and it was a you know a haha moment until it wasn't you know well, yeah, I think yeah. the, a, exactly. a bulb went off with for both of us around the same time that we're like well hold on you know and I just I think it's really awesome that we're actually able to have the conversation because that's really all I want to get out of this is I just want to be able to provide the information instead of being the one that's only taking it in. Yeah. I mean, if, if we can, if we can record one of our daily conversations that we would usually have, and then somebody one day can like go back and like actually get something from this, then, uh, you know, that's, that's really all it's about, man. I'm not, not trying to get rich, you know, not, not trying to get attention. It's really not about that. Sometimes there's just information out there that people need to get. Um, and there's just no other way to get it because you're not going to get it from Fox or ESPN or whatever. So that's why we're doing our Wednesday segment 
which is um, actually just what we do is we just pick two teams uh, for baseball coming up. I'm sure we'll do this for football too, but right now it's baseball season. We pick two matchups, and then we just kind of dive into what we think is going to happen. And then if we sprinkle in some conspiracy to it later or another conspiracy about it, you know, then that's just fun for the listeners. So with that all being said, man, uh, these are shorter shows that we've talked about. Um, I guess I'm going to let you go first, man, for, for once, because you know I talk too damn much. So go ahead, man. What's your, what's your matchup for this weekend? And this is this coming weekend. And as of recording, it is Wednesday at 7.10. So we're talking this following weekend. Yeah. Oh, so coming up this weekend, I'm looking at a uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday series, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, excuse me. Um between the Baltimore Orioles and the Atlanta Braves, uh, I, I, I I don't think I've really watched Baltimore play a game this year. I've seen Atlanta because they tore through St. Louis a few weeks ago, but Baltimore's off to an incredible start. They're they're twenty and nine on the season. They're second in the AL East. They've got arguably the best shortstop in the game going right now in Jorge Mateo. Um, they they look like a really good, young, fun team. Uh, Ryan Mountcastle's really going off for them this year, playing first base a lot. He's leading the team with eight home runs and 26 RBIs. I mean, he's only batting a 256 average, but when you're getting that much production off of that 256 average, that average really doesn't mean much, especially when you've got other guys in the lineup like Adley Rutschman, who – is arguably top five catcher in the league, wouldn't you say? Man, you know, um, honestly, I, I wish I wish I could disagree, but uh, I gotta say, it's be it's got to be between him and Real Muto. Um, yeah, you know, Real Muto's up there. You know, you've only got a handful of these catchers in the league that are on an elite level at this point. Um, yeah, but- so like defensively, you have so there's two. I, I play catcher all the way from Pee Wee to college. Catcher's a hard position, man. Um, you have a defensive catcher and you have an offensive catcher and you have those rare catchers that can do both. I mean, you know, Adley can do both. Uh, Rio Muto it can, can, is, is great offensively, but you got like Martin Maldonado, um, who is just probably one of the best defensive catchers in the game. It's real rare when you find um, one that can do both. They can, you know, Throw you out, call pitch it or call you know call the game, uh, take care of his pitcher, and then also still walk it out of the park, man. I mean, it's it's really rare that you find one that's not hitting nine these days. Absolutely, and uh, for anybody that's even remotely paid attention to the Cardinals uh, within the last two decades, uh, Yadier Molina really set a precedent with the organization for being an elite defensive catcher that could really. Uh, manage a bullpen by himself. He knew how to call games, especially with Adam Wainwright. Uh, But losing him, I think losing him really meant, you know, the the organization suffered a lot more than they were expecting because we couldn't rely on Andrew Kisner, who's who's decent behind the plate. As far as, as catching the ball goes, he's not horrible. He can call a good game. It's just he's a black hole in the lineup and and that's what 
we've been looking at without Yachty in it. Well, even Yachty's last handful, uh, you know, few handful of years, it, I, well, I'm not above saying it was pretty much. Right, right. And so when you yeah. see, especially these young cats like Adley Rutschman, I know MJ Melendez has been suffering, but I mean, uh, anybody's going to suffer if they're playing for the Royals. But these young catchers that come up and they just look so good. I mean, Adley's slugging a 472 right now. He's got a, a on base percentage of 429. I mean, that's not that that that's going to play ball. That's yeah, going to play I ball. Mean, you're not you know going to find that a lot. He's a switch hitting, can hit for power, can hit for contact, can call a game, can manage just about any pitcher in their bullpen and in their rotation. He doesn't – He the Orioles are blessed where he can catch all their guys. He They don't have the problem that most teams have where one or two of your arms in your rotation or bullpen like to only throw to certain catchers. They're, they're really just blessed with a, a – complete player in Adley Rutschman. Um, they, they, the, the Orioles have really been doing something this year. And I mean, even their uh, statistics, statistical rankings throughout the league are good. I mean, they're fifth in runs, sixth in batting average, fourth in on-base percentage, ninth in slugging percentage. I mean, I don't know what else you want out of a, a young team that really has had no, uh, expectations set on them too much. I mean, they were just outside of playoffs last year when they really looked like they could, if they could have just finished the season a little bit stronger, they would have been playing for the playoffs, like playing in the playoffs last year. And I mean, this is much like the Mar uh, Mariners. They're just one of these teams that have come out of nowhere, but the, the Orioles look real good. And on the flip side of that matchup, you've got the Atlanta Braves. And the Atlanta Braves are not struggling at all, to say the least. Uh, they're 20 and 10 on the year. They have just been having their way pretty much with anybody they face. And it's really starting with Ronald Acuna Jr. staying healthy for once and Matt Olson coming in and providing a lethal bat. I mean, the Braves look good. And everybody knows Braves pitching is out of this world. I mean, I think. Spencer Strider's up to somewhere around 14 uh, strikeouts per nine or something like that. He's got an insane stat line. The The Braves, once again, look to be in contention to make a really long push into the playoffs and potentially uh, playing for a title at the end of the year. I mean – Bro, you, you already know that me and you see things so differently, which is what the, the beauty of, of this podcast is. Um, I mean, I, I'm just going to let you finish, man. As soon as you're done, we'll, we'll jump into mine. Well, that, I mean, that's pretty much – that's just, ba the you know, some basic highlights about the two teams. You know, they – pitching-wise for the Braves, you got Max Freed, Spencer Strider, uh I'm I'm not really too familiar with most of the starters for uh, Baltimore, but if Baltimore can stay hot or at least keep pace with however many runs the Braves are going to end up scoring because the Braves like to score runs. I mean, they're seventh in the league in runs scored. So their, their stat – 
stat rankings actually line up a lot with Baltimore. And I think that's why I ended up choosing this series going into this weekend is because these teams are evenly matched up and down through the lineup. You just probably don't know the Baltimore player Orioles names like you do the Atlanta Braves. But if Baltimore keeps playing like they have been, you'll know their name soon enough. So it's funny you brought the Orioles up, man, because we do have a fun little small conspiracy to get into when this is done that actually involves an Oriole player. Um, but so your pick to to take that series, man, is it going to be Baltimore or Atlanta? I'm not not you know. Is it going to be a sweep? Is it going to be you know a, a, a split series? Like what what are you thinking? I, I definitely don't see a sweep in the in the works for either team and honestly on paper this is a a a toss-up of a series it could go either way um the series is looking like i'm trying to see if it's uh home or away because i feel like that's really going to be the deciding factor of the game is whether it is going to be home or away because I mean that, like I said, if you look at their their stats on paper, these two teams are just about as evenly matched as you could ask for uh, coming out of the first stretch of the of the season. Yeah, and man, so. they're, they're both they're both strong. Um, man, it's so. It, I'm sorry to interrupt. It looks like uh, looks like they're the games are going to be in Atlanta. Uh, Friday, you've got Max Free going against Dean Kramer. I give I give Max Free the edge in that one. Uh, Spencer Strider versus Kyle Bradish. I've got to go with Spencer Strider. And then Sunday, uh, Sunday on five or NBC actually, you've got Charlie the Saltman Morton going against Mister Wells of. The Orioles. So, like I said, and, and, and a lot of that is because I don't know these guys. I don't know their names. I know who Max Fried and Spencer Strider and Charlie Morton are. Uh, I give the edge to Atlanta simply because they're at home. But, like I said, this game, this series could fall Baltimore's way if they're able to stymie the Atlanta Braves just long enough to score a few runs. And I think that, you know, uh, I don't think they're going to be multi-run games uh, over two. I I think it'll be a three-run game at the most either way. I don't see one team getting just that far ahead of the other. Honestly, I mean, uh, and of course, uh, we'll we'll give our picks, you know, after we're done talking. Um, I think the Orioles take two of three, man. I really do. Um, I like them as a team. I like them as a team last year. I think they're starting to build. Um, if they can keep that offense healthy and then start maybe putting some money into the pitching, um, I do think that they're going to be a force to reckon with the next few years. My buddy Jacob is a, a huge Orioles fan, and um, he's been you know after me the last couple of years, like, check this out, check this out. And, and I collect the cards, so I know the worth. Um, but, I mean, I don't think it's this year, and I don't think it's next year. But I do think if they actually make the playoffs, not in a wild card this year, I do think that their company or their their you know the powers that be will start putting some money into the pitching. So I don't know, man. It's, it's, there's a lot of teams like that though that you got to really kind of those sleeper teams you got to watch out for. Absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, man. I uh my my I'm gonna give you my team if you're ready. Or yeah, my, go my ahead. Matchup. 
Um, mine's going to be based a little more on opinion than logistics. I know that's kind of been mine and your thing is you, you have all the logistics and I just kind of go in with my opinion and, you know, it's been a pretty good, uh, a pretty good back and forth, but, um, my pick for this weekend coming up, believe it or not, is not the Astros. Um, I'm looking forward to the Rays and the Yankees and I'm going to tell you why, man. And, and you may or may not agree with me and, and some of my buddies, that are are listening, they may or may not agree. Uh, I think the Rays are going to fuck around and find out, and let me tell you why. Um, there's teams, there's hot teams, there's Cinderella teams, and then there's juggernaut teams. And sometimes those juggernauts are hurt, and that happens, as we both know. Um, the Rays are – Houston went in, you know, to Tampa Bay – on a really hurt team. I know we're not talking about the Houston right now, but just putting it out there and they pretty much shut it down. I mean, they didn't sweep them. They took two for two of three. Um, it was pretty much one of those situations like, Hey bro, we're hurt, but we ain't dead. You know, right. I, I think that that's going to be the same situation with New York. Um, I am not a, a Yankees fan. You know that. Um, I mean, it's it's pretty much in my core as an Astros fan to not like the Yankees. But I do <laughs> like the fact that their farm system is so good. Um, you have, you know, Garrett Cole. You know, I mean, one of the, arguably one of the best pitchers in the league. Um, you got to get through him. You know, Hector Neris is hurt, granted. Um, but their bullpen – is decent. And that was the Rays problem with the Astros is that they can't, you know, Astros went there. Their offense is, is electric. We both know that, uh, you know, Tampa's offense is electric. The Astros offense, you know, they do, they can score runs just not even trying just on a, on right. a Monday, a Monday morning because they're bored. They're a dangerous offense. And they were able to get on top of, Tampa and then Tampa not, didn't only have to deal with the Astros offense or the Astros pitchers. They had to get into the bullpen and that's where shit gets real rocky for, for teams. Um, so I think it's going to be the same thing with New York. And I think that people are going to see real quick that Tampa Bay is good. They're electric. They have a good offense, but I don't see them being able to take out a juggernaut or at least not sweep one because, you know, it's – dude, it's the fucking Yankees, man. Like, they're not yeah. just going to lay down. Oh, uh, it's 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 easy to overlook just how many people and how many important people the Yankees have hurt right now. Yeah. Just yeah. off the top of the dome, they've got John Carlos Stanton out. they got Harrison Bader out. They've got Luis Severino out. Uh, Judge Nestor is out. Cor- Who? Judge? Judges. Yeah, he's out. Oh man, yeah, I didn't know about that. AIL. Oh Lord, well, uh, I, think, I, know. I think Bader's back. If I if I remember correctly, if memory serves me, I think he's back. And if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Let me know in the comments. I'm pretty sure he came back this week, or or maybe maybe he's in AAA doing a rehab. Yeah, I think he was. Last I seen, he was coming come getting close to the end of his ten day IL stint. Okay. Um, okay. but then they got Carlos Rodon hurt you know and that's a huge arm that's what i'm saying that's a huge arm they were banking on and i'm kind of glad that the cardinals passed on rodon 
I'm I'm mad the Cardinals passed on everybody because that's the only thing keeping us from being a good team is some arms. But uh, I mean, the Yankees have significant injuries. It's not just a couple of guys here or there. Like they've taken blows to every level of their team on the field, and it's showing. But oh yeah, like, man, and, and I don't know. And uh, I, guess, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, man. I, I apologize. No, you're good. Um, you, you look at this team a month later from now. You look at this team a month from now, and when these guys are back and playing and healthy, it'll be another situation like we've always seen year in and year out where the Yankees will find themselves in the middle of a 13-game winning streak or something like that. Yeah. They'll be right back in the thick of things. Well, yeah, man, and it's like I was telling you, know, uh, I'm pretty sure you know Adam. I'm not going to say his last name. But yeah. um, that dude, Adam, you know, he, he hit me up today. He's a Giants fan. Um, and he was just all just gung-ho because, you know, they took two two of three from the Astros, and which is great, man. Congratulations to them. But, man, we have Lance McCullers Jr.'s out. Jose Altuve's out. Michael Brantley's out. Chaz McCormick's out. We just lost your Kierty, and we just lost Luis Garcia. Like they're limping, you know what I mean, and 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 that's what these juggernaut teams do, man. They they're out for a while, they're not healthy, and then all of a sudden, I mean, dude, we're talking about the fucking Yankees, man. They they took on the Astros last year in the ALCS, who swept the Mariners, and it's the same team. They're just hurt. So yep. my um my call for this is I'm thinking that the Rays take two of three. I can I just, see it. I, that's just that's that's where I'm at, man. I don't. I I do see them showing up and showing out, but like we were talking about on the life log, you know, I know it's so weird because we're like sports and we're like conspiracy. Um, <laughs> we were talking last week about these teams like the Rangers and Baltimore and Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay, bro. They're just blowing their load. They're blowing their load early. I mean, in my, in my opinion. Like, that's just where I'm at because you have these teams that just kind of chuck Liddell and kick back and kick back and kick back. And before you know it, it's like bam, bam, bam. You know, the Astros were um, third in the division in June of last year. Then all of a sudden they won nine games and then never looked back. You know, uh, right. a lot of these a lot of these teams, are. I just feel like they're just kind of going out there and punching with all they have right away. And then you have these – older juggernaut teams like the Yankees, like Houston, hell, even like the Cardinals, these these teams that really just kind of kick back. You're like, all right, all right, Junior, all right, Junior, and then bam, it's it's a wrap. Um, but, you know, it, it's still fun to watch. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. But I, oh, I, for I, sure. I do think that um, – I think that the Rays are going to go in thinking they're going to sweep New York, but I don't see that happening. It's really hard to do that. Yeah, extremely, unless you're the Astros. <laughs> right. But, so, uh, before we get into talking more about uh, any specific team, I'd like to bring up a an article that I, I saw this afternoon that, that it really kind of fascinates me. Uh, so, you know I play a lot of MLB The Show on the PlayStation. I do, I do. This, this year, they incorporated for the first time the Negro Leagues. Bro, really I'm, awesome because- I'm going to stop you right there. My wife, as you know, and as the listeners may know by now, and I didn't mean to interrupt you. It's just funny that you brought that up, man, like the synchronicity of the fact that you just brought that up. My wife was like, we were watching, um, what the hell were we watching? We were watching something on Hulu, 
and the Jeter commercial came out for MLB The Show, and they talked about the Negro League. Yeah. That word has not been said in so long that my wife perked up from her book. She was like, (laughs) what? She was like, what? Can they say that? And I was like, fuck, I don't know. Can they say that? I'm white. You're black. I don't fucking know. Can they say it? And she was like, that's super weird. So it's funny that you said that, man, because and if she does ever decide to get around and listen to this show, uh, shout out, baby girl, I love you, Chris. Uh, it's just it was funny because as soon as you said that, I thought about that. But go ahead, baby. <laughs> that's hilarious, man. He but was now, like, um, can oh, they say that? I'm like, I don't fucking know. Can they? I don't. I'm pretty <laughs> sure they own own the the name the the American National Negro League. Like, yeah, I was like, I, I was like, babe, I'm white. I don't know what can be said. I don't know. Like, <laughs> you tell me what can be said. But anyways, man, I'm sorry, bro. Go ahead. No, Brother, you're good. But uh, so like I was saying on MLB The Show this year, they set it up to where you can unlock cards of certain Negro League players like Buck O'Neill and Hank Thompson. And and it's really, really good, fun way to learn about the story of the the the, the story behind these players and a lot of what they went through of uh, the the curator and owner of the National Baseball or uh, the the Negro League Baseball Museum, he's sitting out. He's starting to a, a raise about twenty five million dollars to upgrade some facilities there. The, and I just thought it was pretty cool. Uh, what they're what they're trying to get to is what's called the pitch for the future. It's right. a campaign designed to lead about uh, get a new thirty thousand square foot facility that would uh, be adjacent to their Buck O'Neill Education Research Center. Right. And so they, not many people know that the the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum is in Kansas City, Missouri. Right, and this, this place started as a one-room building, and from this one-room building, they've been able to expand and grow into a, a really nice. You know, it's not just a huge museum, but it's a really nice, uh, really thorough museum that just you can go there. You will learn everything you need to know about the Negro Leagues. And so I, I thought it was, you know, worthwhile mentioning that they're trying to raise, like I said, I know it's a lot of money, that about $25 million to build a new education center there on the museum site. Uh, I saw where Bank of America had already donated somewhere a million or so dollars Um uh, you know who Getty Lee is? I do. Mr. Getty Lee of the Canadian band Rush, for those who aren't familiar with the name, he has donated nearly 200 autographed baseballs to the Negro Leagues Museum. So, what? you know, they've got a good thing going up there in Kansas City. And uh, I just felt like it was worth mentioning. Let's, no, man, that's, that's actually do- really cool. And, and, and I uh... – when we get into, you know, um, the conspiracy part of this, uh, we've talked about psyops and, and the way that agendas are pushed. And um, a lot of people were really mad uh, that Jazz Chisholm was put on the cover of MLB The Show this year. I really didn't care. It's whatever. But 
it just turned out that you know he was he he was on there. He's really he's good, but it's it's jazz chisholm is really not that great. When you have people like Nolan Arenado, Shohei Otani, which has been on it, Alvarez, which is a World Series winner, a lot right. of people kind of like turned a, a, a sort of a weird eye towards it. Like, well, why is this person who hit like what like two seventy two last year career? Um, why is he on, you know, the whole thing? And then, of course, it was brought up that, well, well, he's only one of certain black member or black players that are on. And then, you know, the whole Negro League thing comes up. And you have to just kind of start asking yourself, like, it, it, why is it? Why are we doing this again? Like, why are we separating people? Um, I, I don't know. It just it, it takes me to a weird place because it's like, you're a great player. The Negro League was a great thing. If it wasn't for the Negro League, we wouldn't have the type of baseball we have today. Why are Absolutely. we still separating people? You know, um, this is where we get conspiratorial. I, I knew it was coming. I knew we couldn't just do a who's going to win this weekend. Um, but, yeah, man, I just – I don't know, man. It, the whole thing is just so agenda-driven to me. Like, of course. Well, and it look, all it all goes back to like you were saying, the owners and big wigs of the MLB back in back in the days of the Negro Leagues, they knew that if they incorporated the players from the Negro Leagues, that their own players, their white boys, they wouldn't gonna be good enough. Fact. And they couldn't have that. They couldn't have that at all. No. And so what they did is they they forced anybody who pretty much wasn't a all-American white boy playing these semi-professional leagues. And by far, the the Negro Leagues was the most illustrious of the non-professional baseball leagues. Uh, We personally owe the Negro Leagues with some of the best players that have ever stepped foot on any baseball field through any period of time. Uh, Everybody, everybody's heard of Jackie Robinson. Most oh, people course. don't know he wasn't the first black player to make it to an MLB team. No, he that fall to Mr. Larry Doby. Yep. But you know, man, it, it's it's people who. This is what we were talking about with psyops the other day. People just take what they are told at face value, and they don't really do a lot of research, man. Um, if, if we didn't have people like Willie Mays or Jackie Robinson, or Dusty Baker, Hank Aaron, if we didn't Yes, have they all players, came from the Negro League. Yeah, we wouldn't have the the hustle, you know, the, the things that we have. And, and a lot of people raise, you know, awareness right now, like, why is there not more black players? Well, just truth be told, man, it's just really, it's not really a black sport. It's a Dominican sport. It's, it's a, I mean, anybody can do it, of course. But well, people are just like, oh, well, you know, y'all are beating down, y'all are punching down on black people and black people. Well, hey, you can go to school and and play if you want to. And that is something that was paved by people like we just talked about. So it's just a weird how they want to put the agenda on it and split it. Well, of course. It. But as far as you, you were talking about how it's more of a Hispanic sport at this point, Ask any of these players who are Hispanic, and even the ones who are, uh, especially the guys that have played in the World Baseball Classic that have gone to these countries and seen what these kids grow up doing. I mean, these these people, especially like in the Dominican Republic and Venezuela, Puerto Rico, 
baseball pretty much is their only way of ever having a dream to to better their life for their family and themselves. Like that's it. You're right. They they do not play baseball because they love baseball. They play baseball because that's their ticket to a better life than the one they know. And we as Americans know nothing of the life that they have to live no. with. And so you you talk you hear these players and these these baseball guys go around to these other countries and then they come back and they're just blown away by what they saw because there's a hunger over there that Americans will never have about baseball. And yeah, that's man. why there's so many Hispanic players in baseball. That's why there's so many dominant Hispanic players. It's because hungry dog hungry dogs run faster. Yeah, man. So you you uh you're you're well aware of uh, Christian Javier. I'm sure the majority of, of the listeners know who he is whether you're an Astros fan or a Cardinals fan or a Phillies fan, the dude threw a World Series no-hitter. I mean, of course, it was combined. But he went uh, seven shutout innings, no hits. That dude, literally the scouts from Houston, watched him pitch by headlight. Like, Headlights he went, there. That's, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they, those guys are so good because they just are so hungry. So, I, I feel you 100%. Like, I, I'm not even – and I love, I'm sorry, I love his story of how the scout even made it to that field. I love it. I love that story. Yeah, bro, uh, $7,000 $7, is all it took to sign him. Of course, yep. I think he just, uh, they just signed him for like $100 million or something, uh, which he's, you know, I, I don't know if anybody's worth $100 million, but if somebody is, it's probably him. But, I mean, you know, these baseball players make just crazy money, and we can go into the conspiracy of that, too. But uh, before we get out of here, man, uh, we're not actually even running too late. We're only at 30 minutes. I know we, we yeah, said we're going to do like 45 minutes good. or something. Um, so I wanted to get into the uh, conspiracy real quick just for the listeners about yeah, man. the Cal Ripken thing. Um, so I, 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 I did do my, digil- my diligence. I did look into it. Um, I do not have exact numbers and exact dates, but I can tell you the gist of things. And if you go to Google or go to, you know, being or whatever, whatever, wherever you search for things like this is a real conspiracy. This is not coming from me or Hank, but the um, consecutive starts for Kyle Ripken Jr. And how it was almost broken and it might be broken. Let's get into it, man. I'm excited. All right, man. So here's here's the rumor. And I'm only laughing because it's a little funny because it does sound a little silly. But I do know because I saw a video, this did happen. Um, Well, the first part. The second part about Kevin Costner. um, (laughs) I don't know if, like, Kyle Ripken was married to Whitney Houston and, and Kevin Costner was trying to be the bodyguard. I don't know if that's true. But I do know that they were friends. But we'll get to that part in a minute. So, Kyle Ripken Jr. was about to break the streak for the most consecutive starts. And I do believe um, he still actually owns that record. It's like, yeah, I do think so. 47 or something like like 2,247 games or some crazy number like that. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of starts, man. People think that's not a lot of days, man. That's a lot of starts. Especially when you're like one of the most goat shortstops ever to play the game. Yep. I mean, you have your Correa's, you you know you you have your your 
Jeter's, you have those people, but then you have Kyle Ripken fucking Jr. Like, that's a different yep. breed. They literally called him the Iron Man. Yeah, he's a different breed of player. Well, apparently, well, it's so it's such a weird story to tell. <laughs> but um, on the day that he was supposed to break that record, which he did break, the rules of baseball state that a starting player has to be in the dugout and has to take the field in order to obtain any record. So right. that, that is a record that you guys should look up. Um, he wasn't there. He didn't show up. He, he wasn't there. It was rumored that he was sick, but he would be in the building, so on and so forth, the, day, the morning of. Well, the night of the game, they had to cancel the game because they had the lights went out and they could not get the lights on. So, in theory, if it wouldn't have been for that, he would not have broken that record. Yeah, that's why the streak would have been broke. Exactly. The streak is only broke if you don't start. But if there's no game, there's nothing to start. Right. So, it actually turns out, and there is video footage of him and Kevin Costner Becoming friends on the set of Dancing with Wolves. Um, Cal Rickman Jr. was not in that movie, but he was friends of friends of friends, and him and Kevin Costner become good friends. Well, the story goes, and this is on Reddit and Google and YouTube or whatever. Um, he actually went home that day to pick something up or whatever and actually caught his wife in bed with Kevin Costner. Mm-mm-mm. Kevin Costner up, which there's actually hospital proof that, or not, I'm not going to say proof, there is proof that Kevin Costner did get beat up and went to the hospital at this time. And that's why he didn't make it. He called the Orioles owner, said, hey man, here's what's going on. I'm not going to make it. And he said, well, hey, if you don't make it, the streak's going to be broken. Um, we have a sold out crowd. I'll take care of it. And then boom. We don't have no lights. That's wild, man. It, it's I, I'm not saying I believe it. I'm just saying that that is the rumor. Like y'all can look this up. If I'm if I'm lying, I'm flying, man. That is the rumor. So hey, that's wild. I just I knew you said you never heard of it, and I was like, hold up, like uh, wait, wait. How have you ever heard of this? So <laughs> the streak would have been broken, which he did break the or he did actually break the streak, and I think he went on to even make it bigger. Um, and the question was. Was he sick? Why did the lights go out? We have to cancel a game. If you guys really think about it, look back at, you know, the Super Bowl in in New Orleans. The lights went out. They still kept playing. They figured it out. When did the lights go out and that just says shut down the game? So it is kind of weird that that did happen. Yeah, for sure, man. I don't know, man. What do you think? I, I mean... This sounds good to me, bro. Keep it simple, (laughs) stupid. (laughs) Yeah, it's just the whole thing is super strange, I guess. I mean, if you look into it, it gets weirder and weirder. I mean, hey, look, man, and and if she's listening, she's listening. I'm pretty sure my wife would sleep with Kevin Costner, so I really can't, like, be too upset at the whole situation. I guess I would feel the same way that Cal Ripken feel, but, like, I love my wife, and I'm not missing, you know, a whole streak and having a whole baseball field shut down over it. 
Right. And it's kind of <laughs> funny you mentioned street because that leads me into my my little conspiracy for the Let's day. Let's go. So last year was a pretty eventful year as far as records and streaks were considered in uh, baseball. We had a couple of fellows who may or may not have been on the receiving end of some quote-unquote juiced baseball. Dude, I almost started jumping up and down. I had to stop myself because I knew exactly where you were going the moment you said that. It's funny because I swear, like, we don't – we talk about what we're going to talk about, like, as far as a topic. We do not really go into what exact thing we're going to, like, dive into. So as soon as you said that, man, I had to get up off the bed. So let's go, bro. Let's fucking go. I'm ready. So, uh, me being a big Cardinals fan, one of the biggest storylines last year was one Mr. Albert Pujols was making his long-awaited return to his home in St. Louis. After being gone for, I think it was 11 years between the two teams in Los Angeles, Mr. Pujols comes home. And he's looking to make his farewell tour. And as we know, the first half of the year was not looking great. And then something interesting happened. He went to the All-Star game as a legacy pick. Him and Mr. Uh, Miguel Cabrera went because they are on their way out of the league. Right, 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 right. right. Uh, Albert Pujols is in the home run derby. What? Super you know, weird. It's about to be fun. He's going to hit him a couple of dingers. It's, it's going to be fun to send him off with one last hurrah, right? Well, uh, that's not what happened. Mr. Albert Pujols decided to just go ballistic, and we watched him in a matter of minutes turn back the clock to the year of 2006, to the year where he was destroying Astros legends such as Brad Lidge. And he went bananas, man, and he almost won the home run derby. Almost derby, which there's a conspiracy whether Schwarber threw his round to let let him advance or whatever. But anyway, after the home run derby, man, Pujols went on a tear like baseball has never seen. All right, first of all, let me stop you right there. Let let me stop you. I I don't mean to interrupt you, but let me stop you right there. Look, do not talk about fucking Pujols and Brad Lidge, man. I'm still not over it. (laughs) <laughs> that ball has still not landed. I'm I'm still not over it as a Houston fan, but please, by all means, go on. All right, so I'm sorry. It's okay, so, man. I'm still not over it, but go ahead. So so Albert Pujols goes on this incredible run, and obviously he's aiming for 700 home runs. Right. He'll be the the only the fourth player in MLB history to ever hit 700 home runs. It's this big, massive deal. He's on his farewell tour. And, well, towards the end of September, it starts to come out that and these balls might be juiced because you look at everything from his exit velocity to frequency of home runs hit, It something was up in the second half of last season. <laughs> And the MLB came out and blatantly said that they were going to start throwing Albert Pujols specific baseballs so that they could be easily retrieved for authentication and such. Right. So you've got them publicly saying, we're giving this man different balls than what everybody else is using, except for Mr. Aaron Judge, who was on his own historic run 
to breaking the single season home run record. Right. I do not think it's that far of a stretch to go out on a limb and say that it was obvious they were throwing juice balls at the home run derby, and that's the same batch of balls that Pujols got the rest of the season, and it's obviously the same balls that Aaron Judge got because both of them were just doing ungodly things to baseballs with their bats. I mean, Pujols went on to hit, I think, 703. They were laughing at the beginning of the year. There's no way Grandpa Pujols is going to come in and hit 700 home runs, and he did it, but I don't think he did it by himself. Well, you know, man, we, we've talked about this before, and uh, I've, I've actually was talking to um, – I, I think it was Matt from The Great Deception the other day. Um, there's no such thing as bad publicity. Um, it doesn't matter how they get there, but how beneficial is it for baseball that two records are broken one year? And then not only that, MLB came out and said, okay, wait, there's something going on here. We found juice baseballs at Arlington Park. We found juice baseballs at the Cardinals Park. We found juice baseballs at uh, the Yankees Park. But it was only when the Cardinals came to town or the Yankees came to town. And that's fact. Y'all can look that up. But it gets buried just like the Yankees sealed letter got buried when – it and it was actually unsealed last year, and it turns out they cheated in 2015 and 2016 against Boston and other teams. Um, that's not just me saying that as a, a, a Yankees hater, that's that's facts like those things happen, but it's just weird how things get buried. But yeah, yeah man. Man, I'm I am a thousand percent with you. I, I, I love Uncle Albert, man. Don't get me wrong, I, I'm not trying to hate on him, but there's no way, bro. There's yeah. no way. Yeah. There's no way that you're going up against freaking Julio Rodriguez in the home run derby, and you're yeah. beating out, you know, Pete Alonso and so on and so forth, and and you're just hammering, dude. I'm 42, and I like my back hurts getting out of work, getting out of bed. Right. No so I, I'm I'm a thousand percent with you on this uh, conspiracy, man, and I think a lot of people are too. Um, Matt from Great Deception is a Yankees fan, so he might not think that way. But I do find it funny that Judge hasn't really been hitting home runs this year the way they thought, and all of a sudden now he's hurt because people were saying, uh-huh. "Well, let's 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 see uh, let's see what you got this year." Then okay, no juice baseballs. Let's see how you got because I think he had 26, 24, 26 home runs by this time last year, and now he's got. Five or six. Yeah. Just seems a little weird, man. But I mean, I guess that's a conspiracy theorist in me. Um, I hope he has a speedy recovery. I'm glad Pool Host is, uh, you know, going off into the sunset. But I'm with you, bro. <laughs> I, I, I do think there's some shady shit going on because it does not make sense. But look at people like Miguel, Miguel Cabrera. He's getting like, um, he's getting cowboy hats and cowboy boots when he comes to Houston, you know. He's getting, you know, just gifts and, and praise. He's not really out there going off. Yeah. Yeah. So it just seems a little weird, man. I, I, I'm with you. I, I, I do. I know that uh, our friends over at uh, Colts Conspiracy have started getting a little more into, like, rig sports. And um, maybe you guys should look into this. Y'all have a little bit bigger, bigger following than us. But if you uh, like our opinion, man, by all means, like, let's go. Like, we'll get into it. 
Yeah, man. Like I said, you know, this was just – we weren't diving too deep into anything. Most of this is just off the hip. You know, yeah. that's mostly what these Wednesday episodes are going to be. Uh, but for the sake of time, let's go ahead and wrap things on up, man. Uh, yes, sir. Been a, been a good episode, man. Yeah, man, it was good. It was good to talk about. Um, You guys can uh, follow us at 643 Equals Conspiracy on Facebook. I do realize that Facebook's not super cool to most people. But we also have an Instagram, uh, same thing, 643 Equals Conspiracy. Um, I'm working on the Twitter. We are live on Spotify. I'm working on Apple. I'm also, you know, Hank's a welder. He busts his ass every day. I work in the oil field. I'm always busy. But we're doing our best to just kind of bring you guys content. So um, for the people that do follow us, we really do appreciate y'all. And if y'all want to throw ideas out to us, y'all can hit us up on Facebook or Instagram. You know, wherever you got to do, man. Uh, You got anything else, Hank? I'm just thinking about throwing a little teaser out there for this Sunday, uh, for Sunday's episode. Uh, so I think we're going to be talking about the book of revelations. Yeah, man, that's going to be a, that's going to be a, a big, um, that's going to be a big subject because like I am, and, and I'm not going to go too far in. I am a, a godly man, but I have so many questions about the Bible to the point where I'm not even sure I believe in it. And I know that you are kind of like a little more well-versed on that than me. So it's going to be a fun conversation, man. Yes, sir, for sure. Yeah, man, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. But, yeah, that just about wraps us up for today. Uh, Like I said, you know where to reach us. You know where to find us. We'd appreciate it if you give us a follow, rate the show, share us with your friends. And uh, nothing else from you, Ryan. I guess we'll go and wrap it up. No, man, uh, the only one other thing that I do have to say is that we are – currently trying to talk our wives into doing some q a live um conspiracy you know theories with us where we just kind of throw stuff out to them and see what they say um they're both pretty damn cute so it's gonna be funny to kind of see what they think about it but man they just y'all look y'all look for a lot of stuff coming up man because we ain't, hey, we ain't quitting we're no breaks Oh, no. we And once again, we just greatly appreciate everybody's support. Uh, so, yeah, that just about do us for tonight. We appreciate y'all coming out and listening, and we'll see y'all Sunday. Yes, sir. See you, buddy. See you, brother. Love you. All right, man. Love you too, dog. Later. All right. Bye, everybody.